Welcome to This Week in Astrology. This is episode number 540, 540, for June 29 through July 5, 2020. Welcome to This Week in Astrology, deepening your astrological wisdom since 2007. We have three major astrology events this week, starting with one of the most important of 2020, namely the second of three Jupiter-Pluto conjunctions. We also have Saturn retrograding back into Capricorn and the third and final eclipse of the current series. Thank you so much for joining me. I'm your host, Benjamin Bernstein, broadcasting from thisweekinastrology.com. I simultaneously record these weekly forecasts as an audio podcast and a video, so you can choose whichever format you like. The video version includes my chart graphics for things like lunations and aspect patterns. You can also see these graphics if you read my forecasts online. Just go to astroshaman.com, click blog on the menu bar, then choose the astrology forecast category. Please do leave me a rating, review, or comment wherever you're getting this episode so that others like you can find it. What's old as we come into this week? We have a waxing moon, Mercury still retrograde through July 12th, and longer-lasting retrogrades, Jupiter through September 12th, Saturn through September 29th, Pluto through October 4th. And we still have the tail end of that grand trine I've discussed previously with Venus, Juno, and Saturn. So let's get into our highlights. We start with a Jupiter-Pluto conjunction. Whoa. And just a little note here. I chose not to reinvent the wheel when I wrote this, so I borrowed heavily from my April 4th interpretation of the first Jupiter-Pluto conjunction. I deleted sections that are no longer relevant and have added new material relating to Black Lives Matter and social justice. Titanic extremes, good or bad, can be fueled by a year-long Jupiter-Pluto conjunction. That's happening at 24 degrees, 53 minutes Capricorn. I'll eventually include Saturn, who's energetically conjunct these two planets in this interpretation, but let's start with Jupiter and Pluto. This Jupiter-Pluto conjunction came into orb, which means close enough to connect energetically, on January 29 of 2020, and they'll remain in orb through January 7th of 2021. Their first conjunction was April 4th, the second is today on June 30th. They'll conjoin one more time on November 12th. Pluto, as we're currently seeing with the coronavirus, can bring death, transformation, and eventually rebirth. Jupiter, our solar system's biggest gas giant, is all about expansion. So he can take whatever's Pluto doing, whatever Pluto is doing, and make it truly gargantuan. Ren Butler masterfully lays out these Jupiter-Pluto possibilities in his wonderful book, The Archetypal Universe, Astrological Patterns in Human Culture, Thought, Emotion, and Dreams. I'll link that in the show notes. As always, I feel blessed to draw from his masterwork on planetary combinations, with his permission, to share these archetypal possibilities. First, I'll share the most compelling ideas from Ren's Jupiter-Pluto section. Then I'll add in the most important themes from the multi-year Saturn-Pluto conjunction, as well as other planets who make strong aspects to the conjunction of Jupiter and Pluto. The bottom line is what we're really looking at is 2020's most important astrological event, a Jupiter-Saturn-Pluto triple conjunction. Let's start with some positive potentials of Jupiter and Pluto. Great resources and potential, titanic evolutionary forces, the capacity for enormous success, empowerment through education, 
intensive urges to improve, the recognition that power either benefits all or none, an ethic of right makes might, as opposed to the other way around, dramatic opportunities for regeneration and transformation, beneficial destruction, heavy experiences with a positive outcome, the long trip into and through the underworld of the psyche, triumph through facing death, intense idealism, the faith to move mountains, empowered activism or philanthropy, the urge to share one's transformative experiences with the larger culture, and the power of truth. Obviously, this Jupiter-Pluto conjunction has plenty of upside potential, but we're also wise to stay alert to its darker possibilities. These include extreme material or spiritual ambition, a tendency to feel high and mighty, which threatens those in authority, an obsession with glory and greatness, political drama, no shortage of that these days, delusions of superiority, opportunities to abuse power, runaway power trips, inclinations to act as a law unto yourself, the power elite, plutocracy, obsessive righteousness, fanaticism, and overkill, misplaced moral urgency, religious or other dogma, ideals of betterment and progress as a reason to dominate other people and nature, stupendous waste of shared resources. All these keywords, by the way, were created by Ren long before we had our current administration in office. So, the Jupiter-Pluto conjunction can be used selflessly and or selfishly. Earth is a free will zone, so we each get to choose how we behave on this spectrum. The same is true for the Saturn-Pluto conjunction. I should have said Saturn-Pluto conjunction. A year of Jupiter-Pluto might seem like a long time, but the Saturn-Pluto conjunction lasts nearly four years. It came into orb on January 31st of 2018 and will not wrap up until December 18 of 2021. If you can spare a few minutes, I strongly encourage you to read my deep dive interpretation of the January 12 Saturn-Pluto conjunction. You can also listen to a 28-minute mp3 of me interpreting it, excerpted from my 2020 astrology forecast lecture. This free mp3 contains lots of additional information about this momentous event. I'll have links to those in the show notes. Drawing from that forecast, here are the potentials of the Saturn-Pluto conjunction that feel most important during our pandemic. I once again acknowledge drawing from Ren Butler's The Archetypal Universe, as well as Richard Tarnas's masterwork, Cosmos and Psyche, Intimations of a New Worldview, which I will also definitely link. That's an amazing book. The single best book on uh, the influence of outer planet heart aspects on human history. So here's some of those keywords about Saturn-Pluto. Profound discipline, strength, and endurance. Heroic self-control. The capacity to bear down with great force and pressure on difficult situations until they're resolved. A deep sense of responsibility. Challenges which lead to an urgent reformulation of priorities. A need to cut your losses and deepen your commitment to the important things in life. Profound feelings of powerlessness but with the resolve to continue feelings of anxiety and fear, negative or threatening forces, a perception of irrevocable pressure and change, profoundly weighty events of enduring consequence, the irrevocable termination of an established order of existence, displays of personal and collective determination, unbending will, courage, and sacrifice in the face of danger and death, 
the transformation and forging of enduring structures, whether material, political, or psychological. So, let's now go to aspects to this Jupiter-Pluto conjunction. We're back on Jupiter-Pluto now. So, three planets make important aspects to the Jupiter-Pluto conjunction. We've already discussed Saturn in terms of his conjunction to Pluto, but Saturn is also conjunct Jupiter and Pluto and influences this conjunction because of his proximity. The fact that Jupiter, Saturn, and Pluto crisscross each other throughout 2020 emphasizes how tightly integrated they are this year. Saturn's influence is well represented in the discussion of the Saturn-Pluto conjunction I just gave you and needs no more elaboration here. That leaves two more planets that add their influence to the Jupiter-Pluto conjunction. Pallas Athena is only about half a degree past Jupiter and Pluto. She's a renowned warrior goddess who sprang fully armored from the head of Zeus. If you want to use warlike terms, she could represent our battle against the coronavirus or against systemic racism and social injustice. However, Pallas is also known for being a master of strategy, with no vaccine to present it and no medicine that can cure it. We're ill-equipped to wage a traditional battle against the virus. So Pallas reminds us that we have to be clever to prevent it from spreading. Strategy is also essential in the Black Lives Matter movement. This movement has unprecedented momentum and, for the first time, is now supported by a majority of whites in the United States. Often, momentous social change seems to take forever to happen, but once we finally reach the tipping point, reality can shift with amazing speed. Just as I'm recording this, um, Mississippi has voted, it appears, to remove the Confederate battle flag from their state flag. Um, several products like uh, Quaker Oats and Aunt Jemima are removing racist images from their products. So who thought that would happen so fast? All small things in, in larger perspective, but a lot of little things add up to a big societal shift, doesn't it? Anyhow, off the improv, back to the script. <laughs> It seems to me we're at such a tipping point now. If the leaders of this movement skillfully use Pallas Athena's tools, strategy, negotiation, diplomacy, and politics, there will be less need for battles in the streets. The final important aspect to the Jupiter-Pluto conjunction is Eris, that's E-R-I-S, who makes a tight square from Aries. She's best known as the goddess of discord. Snubbed from attending an important wedding attended by many Greek gods, she crashed the party and tossed out an apple marked to the fairest. The resulting brouhaha escalated into the Trojan War. On one level, Eris warns us against sowing unnecessary discord that can make our challenging situation even worse. But even the seeming villain has her upside. Sometimes, when it's time for a big change, we need someone to upset the apple cart and shock us out of our status quo. In the case of Black Lives Matter, the apples have been the unjustified police killings of so many blacks, caught on video for the whole world to see. Discord can be a powerful motivator for change. So now we know what all the planets in the Jupiter-Saturn-Pluto triple conjunction are bringing to the party. Here's what I make of all this. The coronavirus pandemic could act as a necessary corrective for humanity. It has accomplished something extraordinary, you could even call it miraculous, that has never happened before during my lifetime, and I'm 60 years old. COVID-19 has presented humanity with a global mortal threat. It doesn't matter if you're rich or poor, 
industrial world, or developing world. The virus couldn't care less about your religion, your sexual orientation, or the color of your skin. Now, that previous paragraph I just stated appeared in my April 4th Jupiter-Pluto forecast. Now, more than two months later, I'm seeing these words in a different light. The color of your skin does matter. Systemic racism has existed all around the world for centuries. Because of this, people of color are less likely to get quality health care. They're more likely to live in crowded conditions where social distancing is difficult or impossible. They have greater health challenges, which makes them more likely to die from COVID-19. I just heard uh, on a podcast in the last day or two that one in three black people know someone who has died from the coronavirus, and I think only something like 7 or 9% of whites know someone who's died. With a virus like this, what happens to any of us can happen to all of us. To ensure our own well-being, we have to make sure that everyone else also gets their needs met. This bounce-back effect also extends to all other living beings, including the planetary ecosystem. The pandemic and Black Lives Matter currently dominate the headlines, but the environmental crisis has not gone away. It would be great if all the harm caused by millennia of patriarchal dominator culture could be cleared with the snap of a finger. Where are you, Thanos, when we need you? On the good side. Instead, it appears that the whole stinking mess has to be flushed up, made conscious, and collectively cleared. That's what I believe is happening right now with the Black Lives Matter movement. If we want fresh, clean water to flow through our pipes, we first have to scrub off the toxic sludge layered on by past generations. As we deal with the toxic service-to-self aspects of our civilization, in the world around us, and in ourselves, we'll experience challenging feelings and thoughts. Some of us already have effective tools and techniques to do this essential inner shadow work. Others will learn how to do shadow work using simple DIY tools, such as my free healing invocation, which I'll link in the show notes. Some will discover that each layer of shadow work effectively done automatically opens them to a new level of spiritual awakening. Encouraged and excited by this newfound bliss and ecstasy, they'll feel called to establish a deeper spiritual connection. They'll unearth, perhaps for the first time in their current incarnation, an ever-present peacefulness inside themselves, burning warm and steady like an unquenchable fire. They'll learn how to seamlessly merge their human self with the higher self that created them. They'll discover that this makes harmony, flow, ease, and grace their new normal. Thousands do this every day, quickly and easily, using my free Embodied Awakening Invocation. Again, that'll be linked in the show notes as well. Once they awaken enough, they may have a realization that's first shocking, then comforting. At the soul level, they chose to be on earth at this time, even knowing in advance what a mess it was going to be. They came not to simply survive, but to serve. They knew in advance that it would be a high-risk operation. Many light warriors come to earth, fall under the spell of spiritual amnesia, and never remember their missions. They get plenty of hints and nudges, as well as more dramatic wake-up calls like the current pandemic, but Earth is a free-will zone. Each human gets to choose whether to awaken or continue their spiritual slumber. The coronavirus has given us a tremendous opportunity, individually and collectively. At the very least, we can tune into the calm spiritual core that will help us navigate these troubled times more smoothly. 
Many of us will awaken to the service we came here to perform, and by deepening our divine connection, will receive the ongoing intuitive guidance we need to fulfill our mission. The particulars of each person's mission are unique, but they're all being coordinated by an overarching divine intelligence toward one glorious outcome, a new golden age on earth. And the coronavirus, followed by the Black Lives Matter resurgence, are exactly the catalysts we need to get it rolling. I'm convinced that the global shift to higher consciousness is happening now. If enough of us act as if that's true, by treating each other with more love, compassion, and generosity, the world will become a much more wonderful place. That's our choice with the titanic energies of the Jupiter-Pluto conjunction, the Saturn-Pluto conjunction, and their collective Jupiter-Saturn-Pluto triple conjunction. The awesome potency of all this astrological power could result in a totalitarian hell or a utopian heaven. It's our choice. Every thought you think, every word you speak, and every action you take is a choice for one or the other. It's a U.S. election year, but your most important vote will not be for president, as important as that is. With mankind's fate in the balance, what future are you voting for with your thoughts, words, and actions? So that's that. (laughs) I'll get off my soapbox on that subject. Let's move on to Wednesday, July 1st. Um, Saturn begins a a five-and-a-half-month farewell visit to Capricorn today. Backing in from Aquarius at 7.37 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time. Saturn entered Capricorn first on December 19, 2017. First on this round, anyway, this 30-year round. Then he forged ahead into Aquarius on March 21st of 2020. He re-enters Capricorn today on July 1st, 2020. And he'll settle into Aquarius for a more extended stay on December 17 of 2020. Saturn's return to Capricorn powerfully energizes his fundamental planetary meanings. These include maturity, responsibility, good time management, skillful planning and implementation, organization, and being the wise elder. Beware of Saturn's dark side, workaholism, excessive seriousness. You can help balance this with his love of Capricorny humor. Ends justify the means thinking. Seeing everything as expendable and measurable productivity assets rather than having intrinsic and intangible value in themselves. Saturn challenges and slows down whatever is not in harmony with your highest good and gives supportive structure to that which is in harmony with it. And I've also noticed this is off script, but um, there are times, however, when you are on the right track And Saturn throws up an obstacle, not because you're on the wrong track, but because you're being tested. And your ability to get beyond that obstacle is the test of whether you can continue forward on that particular path. So um, it's not always immediately obvious when an obstacle arises if it's to turn away or to find a way through it. And for me, I just use my intuition for that. Okay, back on script here. Of course, Saturn is in a triple conjunction with Jupiter and Pluto during the vast majority of 2020. His return to Capricorn intensifies its effects, and I've just told you all about that. Moving on to July 2nd and July 3rd, that Thursday and Friday, ready to supercharge your service to a higher cause, you have massive support from two powerful planets conjoining Pallas Athena. 
Pluto makes its conjunction on July 2nd, that's 24 Capricorn, followed by Jupiter on July 3rd, that's at 24 Capricorn. Pallas Athena represents worthy causes that do not personally benefit you, except perhaps from the pleasure you experience by supporting them. What are you called to do right now to make the world a better place? On Saturday, July 4th, the U.S. Independence Day, Chiron opposes Juno today, and that's at 9 degrees uh, Aries and Libra. Please see tomorrow's lunar eclipse interpretation to learn what they're up to, and that's what I'm about to talk about. All right, let's talk about this Capricorn lunar eclipse. Since it's also a full moon, the July 5th lunar eclipse at 12.44 a.m., that's at 13 degrees, 37 minutes Capricorn, supports release and adjustment in business, productivity, and reputation. Other Capricorn themes include maturity, responsibility, and time management, as well as planning and implementation. If this sounds a lot like what I was saying about Saturn, it's because Saturn and Capricorn have exactly the same keywords. Aspects. The signature aspect pattern of this eclipse is a grand cross, astrology's most challenging and intense aspect pattern. On the graphic there, you can see a big red square. That's it. It includes the Moon, Sun, Mercury, Juno, Vesta, and Chiron. Let's start by looking at different parts of the Grand Cross, starting with Vesta, who is the thing at the bottom, black, kind of looks like a, a little black campfire. Three supporting players from the June 21st solar eclipse now step into starring roles, Vesta, Juno, and Chiron. Vesta was over 7 degrees from the luminaries on June 21st, but now opposes the moon by just 1 30th of a degree. That brings the theme of selfless service to a higher cause, front and center. There is certainly no shortage of higher causes at the moment. Do you feel inspired to assist some of those whose lives has been upended by the pandemic? Is it time to throw your support behind Black Lives Matter? Or is there some other noble cause you feel called to assist? The luminary solar eclipse squares to Juno and Chiron. Juno is there on the right, looks like a uh, cross with a bad hair day. And on the left, the green old-fashioned looking key guy is Chiron. Uh, if you're like most people these days, and in case I didn't just say this, uh, I skipped a part. Forgive me. Here we go. The luminary solar eclipse squares to Juno and Chiron were loose, about 7 and 9 degrees in orb. Orb, as I said earlier, is how exact is an aspect. But during this July 5th eclipse, these squares tighten to a 4-degree orb. This puts a front-page, bold-type emphasis on wounding and healing, that's Chiron, in committed partnerships, that's Juno. If you're like most people these days, your relationships are hitting you with lots of emotional triggers, this invites two levels of healing work. The first is relational. As always, I recommend Marshall Rosenberg's masterwork called Nonviolent Communication, A Language of Life, Life-Changing Tools for Healthy Relationships. This amazing book gives the best relationship healing process I know, and I'm not alone in my opinion. This book has sold over 2 million copies worldwide and is translated to over 35 languages. There's a link in the show notes to that. The second level of healing work is internal. If you're like most people, you were never taught how to efficiently process challenging emotional catalyst. So many people either ignore difficult feelings, fight them, distract themselves, or find a way to numb out. These approaches may offer temporary relief, but you can be sure that any unhealed pain will be back again and again and again. The better alternative is to heal it once and for all in this lifetime, 
or be forced to face it again in a future incarnation. If you're already skilled at this type of self-healing, also known as shadow work, congratulations. If not, or if you're open to a new approach, give my free healing invocation a try. I'll link that in the show notes. It delegates the healing work to your higher self. It's fast and effective and has helped thousands of people clear heavy energy with remarkable speed and efficiency. To be honest, it's not really my technique. I was given these invocations for healing and awakening by the plant spirit ayahuasca during a shamanic ceremony in 2011. I continue to enthusiastically share these techniques because they're still the best DIY healing and awakening tools I know. And I give them away for free because I want as many people as possible to have access to these way cool techniques. All right, back to the Grand Cross, Mercury. As a member of this Grand Cross, Mercury could represent learning or teaching about anything I've discussed so far that relates to Vesta, Juno, or Chiron. More broadly, Mercury's presence invites adjustments or release of any beliefs that no longer serve you, as well as how you're learning and sharing information. With Mercury in Cancer, feel whether specific information truly resonates with your heart. This lunar eclipse also incorporates a cradle, and that's on the left side. Um, it's a blue figure. You've got those dashed lines that sort of have three, uh, three six-degree things, and they're connected by the opposition. Um, this aspect pattern, I didn't say who was in it. Uh, it includes the moon, sun, Ceres, and Uranus from top to bottom. Moon, Ceres, Uranus is the blue guy. It looks like a cross between a Klingon and the Enterprise. And at the bottom, of course, is the sun, the circle with the dot in the middle. This aspect pattern opens the door to harvest and abundance. That's Ceres. If you're willing to follow your intuitive flashes, Uranus. Since Ceres can also represent sorrow and loss, Uranus suggests that these psychological wounds can be healed quickly if you follow your intuitive hits. Don't be surprised if these text messages from God lead you to an unorthodox healing modality. Finally, the moon makes a loose grand stellium with Pallas, Athena, Jupiter, and Pluto. Actually, I take it back because a grand stellium has five. Let's just call it a stellium. It's only four things. I'll correct that. Pallas invites you to fulfill your goals using strategy, negotiation, and diplomacy. Although she's the warrior goddess, she might prefer that you unsheathe your sword only if negotiation proves fruitless. As to Jupiter and Pluto, <laughs> did I just not talk endlessly about those? So you already know about them from earlier in this podcast or this video. This lunar eclipse's Sabian symbol is an ancient boss relief carved in granite remains a witness to a long-forgotten culture. Our world is rapidly accelerating toward an extraordinary tipping point. Because of this, it will not be long before the long-forgotten culture in the symbol will be the one we're living in now. From this more awakened perspective, we'll shake our heads in amazement that humanity, circa 2020, was so deeply mired in darkness and delusion. There can be no return to the past. The winds of change, astrological and otherwise, are blowing us into an unknown and potentially glorious future. We're all facing fear now. Fear can make the comforting familiarity of the past feel very seductive. But that way lies annihilation. The only viable direction is into the future, into a more awakened, just, and harmonious world. I invite you to begin imagining our current dysfunctional reality as that ancient bas-relief. 
Gandhi invited us to be the change that we want to see in the world, how can you now begin to co-create the more magnificent world that awaits us? Alrighty, it's been a long show, and that is all of the forecast elements. Um, there were a few other minor events that I chose not to include. I figure at this length, you, you've got enough on your plate for one week. I do want to thank those who have sent their charts in in the last month. This is something I do every time we get into a show that gets into the beginning of the next month. Thanks to Virginia and Alea who sent in their chart data. You both remain eligible to have your charts used in the uh, when I get back to doing listener charts as part of the forecasting in the show. And of course, you're eligible to win a free session. I'll announce our free session winner here for this month shortly. Everyone's welcome to participate in Most Awakening Plus calls for free. I've got another one coming up this Saturday at noon Eastern Daylight Time. And I have those running until further notice. you find the link in the show notes about that. And uh, that's just, it's amazing. We've been doing that for quite a while now on Saturdays. And everyone is different. Everyone's amazing. And I just love how the divine gives us a unique but awesome experience every time we do it. So feel free to show up. It's really awesome. Uh, as you know, I just talked about the third of the three eclipses we've been having. And um, if you want to work with me to learn what you can do with these eclipses, the eclipses run for uh, 12 months after they happen, so there's plenty of time to work with the energies. And if you'd like to learn more about them, just uh, book a reading with me. Right now, my rates are down by a third because of the pandemic. So instead of 180 an hour, I'm at 120 an hour. And it's a good time to be checking out these eclipse effects along with the other stuff happening in your chart, like slow planets making hits to your natal chart and such like that. Okay. Uh, in fact, let me announce that free session winner right now. Uh, the winner is Anne, A-N-N-E. It's the only Anne I have who's born in Namsos, Norway in 1959. If you're that Anne, then uh, pop me an email, info at astroshaman.com. And we'll make sure to get you set up with your free reading. Congratulations, Anne. Thanks for being here. Once again, I'm Benjamin Bernstein with astroshaman.com. I can serve you with astrology readings, shamanic healing, awakening activation, astrological event timing, and one-of-a-kind life coaching. I have one coachee who's now in her 27th coaching session. All my one-on-one -on -one services are equally effective in person or long distance. And during the pandemic, as I just mentioned, I've dropped my rates significantly because so many people are having a hard time financially. I also offer an unbeatable price on Solar Fire, the number one astrology software for Windows. And as I mentioned, I run the Awakening Plus online membership for spiritual support. You can learn all about this and more at astroshaman.com. To learn more about all this and more, check the show notes. Or if you want to just get right to those, just go to astroshaman.com slash 540. Again, astroshaman.com. That's A-S-T-R-O-S -S, as in Samuel, H-A-M as in mother, A-N as in nancy.com slash 540. Please reach out if you have any questions. My email is info at astroshaman.com. My number for voice and text, 828-338-9852. I'd love to connect with you. We are wrapping up this episode. Once again, please leave me a rating, review, or comment wherever you're getting this episode so that others like you can find it. This Week in Astrology is honored to be chosen as one of the Internet's top 10 astrology podcasts. Check out our website where you can hear the show and subscribe to podcast updates, as I mentioned in regard to the 
to the people who sent their charts in. You can do a single sign-up for two great opportunities, chances to win a free consultation, and have your chart interpreted on the show. Go to thisweekinastrology.com. From there, you'll be redirected to the appropriate area of astroshaman.com. Finally, whatever your sun sign, my forecast can help you make the best use of the current astrological energies. All dates and times are in the U.S. Eastern Time Zone. Events are most powerful on the dates listed, but their influence will be active for at least a week before and after. Everyone's affected by these global transits, but you'll be most powerfully affected when moving planets activate sensitive points in your natal chart. Discover how these transits will personally affect you by booking a session with me. You can learn more about my Astrology Plus sessions. Just go to astroshaman.com. On the menu bar, it says Services. First pull down, Astrology Plus. Thanks again for spending this time with me. Stay safe. Stay healthy. I wish you infinite blessings as the stars light your way.